Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I went over to Newham in East London to meet up with Sophia Niazzi, Rose Nordin and Hiba Lamara from the Rabbit's Rogue Press. Now, I know those three primarily as the founders of Oomk magazine, um, but the Rabbit's Road Press is a community risograph print studio and publishing press has just launched. So I think they had their launch event like last weekend. And if you've seen Oomk before, you will understand how this fits into their mission. So Oomk stands for one of my kind. Um, And it's a feminist magazine that's based here, but which is particularly interested in giving space to voices that are traditionally more marginalised. So all three of them are British Muslim women and that perspective definitely comes through. But the magazine is more broadly interested in finding people and giving perspectives that you wouldn't normally hear from. And obviously there's no better way of doing that than just opening your studio up and saying everybody is welcome to come here and play around and make stuff on these risograph machines that we've got in here. Um, They speak really interestingly in this podcast about why they wanted to do that and why that's important to them uh, and ideas around trying to open up art and design education, particularly to people of colour and other people who wouldn't normally access it. Um, And they speak really beautifully about what risograph printing actually is and what makes it so special. I had the nightmare scenario in this one of doing the thing that I always worry I'm going to do. Um, Ten minutes in, I realised that the recorder wasn't actually recording. So we had to start the whole thing again, which is why you hear a little bit of nervous laughter at the beginning. I think we're all sort of wondering whether the recorder is indeed doing what it needs to do, but it did. Uh, And I'm very pleased to uh, be able to present uh, the women from the Rabbits Road Press. All right, so I'm here with Sophia, Rose, and Hibba from Unk uh, in a very beautiful uh, old Carnegie library out in the middle of Newnham. Can someone tell me what I'm doing here? Why, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> We're amongst, amongst swallowing tea. Amongst swallowing tea and hard biscuits. We are in Newnham because this is the base of our new studio, which is Rabbit's Road Press. And it's based in the Rabbits Road Institute, which is within the Old Manor Park Library. And it's a community art space um, with a focus on skill sharing and education for local people. And um, we're basically, we've set up a printing, a riso printing facility with a community focus. So we're hoping to train up loads of local people. It's an 18 month project um, and we are in the first month of it. And we launched this weekend. So we're looking forward to who will come to our open access studios on tomorrow. Um, and what kind of work we'll be able to produce here. So what happens at Open Access Studios? What's the plan for that? So Open Access is um, from 2 till 7pm every Tuesday. Open Access is when people can come in and drop in um, either by appointment or no appointment if they feel like it and learn, take an induction process to learn how to use the risograph materials um, and the equipment and then they'll be able to use this space to produce their own work. Um, and we have uh, like price lists that are ones which are for local residents and ones which are more commercial or general. Um, so we have loads of subsidised materials, low cost stationery and paper, uh, low cost inks, so people can really play around and experiment. Um, and we're trying to break down the kind of intimidation or the inaccessibility you might get with a more 
um, commercial or design-based studio. Mm -hmm. So anyone could kind of walk in, sign up and start to take part. And the deal is that you're going to be in here doing your stuff while people are coming in and doing that. Yeah, so on the Tuesdays we will be acting as technicians and helping people. Um, we'll be also be leading workshops, but during the rest of the week we will um, be using it as our studio to curate and produce work. Mm -hmm. And of course the thing that I know all you from is UMC. Yes. So it's probably worth just explaining a little bit of what that's all about. People pointing at each other across the microphone here. Yeah, yeah. So UMC is a biennial publication and it's um, based on women art and activism. Um, every, every issue is themed around like a creative practice or just like a, like a fun theme, like our current theme is food that we're collecting content for now. And so that's, that's like how we got to know each other, that's, how, that's, like our, that's our main project. And from that we've been doing like design and research projects. Um, like freelance surrounding that and then this came about from another residency so like that's the process of like yeah, where it started it all. Yeah. Because I, I might be saying that all three of you are Muslim women. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so how did the three of you get together? So Rose and Sophie first met. You guys want to tell that story because I came in a bit later. I, I met Sophie at London Zine Symposium and I'd seen some of her work before. Um, because my sister went to SOAS with Sophie. Um, and then we met Hibber at the first launch of our first issue. And she had just had a very like successful time at uni doing English. <laughs> and we were like, we need someone to check our spelling. And we're like, please come and help us. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I came to the launch like on the off chance I saw it on Facebook. I was like, what is this? And I almost didn't go. It was only because my friend was like, oh no, come on, let's go, let's go. So we went along and it was like in a cafe in East London and it was amazing and met all these great people and found out about UNC and then I think I volunteered like the first DIY cultures and then joined the South Kilburn studio which was our first studio. Yeah. And you mentioned just now about the, so this has come about because of the other events and things that you've done. Yeah. So the, I know that you had the, um, the Future Library residency. Yeah, that's right. That was 2015? 2016? Uh, early across 15 and 16. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what, so what was that all about? So that was, do you want to go, Sophie? I don't know. Um, we did a residency at Open School East and we were exploring the future of libraries um, that was in partnership with Bookworks and supported by Open School East and Arts Council. Uh, and we ended up like researching libraries and our final book was a publication from the future and it was a collection of different library-related materials throughout time. <laughs> So uh, some of it's fictional and some of it's real and it's up to people to try and figure that out. And it's called The Library Was. Um, so it's quite fitting that we're now in a library that was. Because <laughs> 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 Old Manor Park used to be the main library. Um, Old Manor Park Library, this used to be the main one and now it's moved down the road. And um, so it's been opened up for people like you to come in and do So this stuff. building, yeah, so this building is owned by... It's managed by Bow Arts and Create. So Bow Arts have lots of studios that there are lots of different artists and architects occupying. And then this front space um, is under Create London. So they put artists here for 18-month residencies. So for this project, we've partnered up with Create London and the six-month programme that we're running out is um, funded by the Arts Council. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then I'm just thinking like other stuff that I've seen you. I, I brought... Uh, 
a very unhappy toddler to... Oh, um, oh he was so sweet. <laughs> he was not sweet that day. He was, like, um, he was a thing you were doing at the Tate Modern, mm. which was kind of like a, a, like making um, GIFs, but with like literal yeah. cut out and paste. Yeah. yeah, turning zines into GIFs. And that was for Offprint. Yeah. yeah. With self-published, be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, go on. yeah we, with our practice, we're really... Uh, interested in the education aspect of um, art and design we're very aware that accessing art and design for people of color um, is challenging and even more so now that it costs nine thousand pounds a year to study it so uh, there's a thread of like doing workshops and creating educational resources for galleries that we're very interested in and, and that's kind of what's brought this about I mean um, at the heart of Rabbits Road Press it's a public program and it's trying to uh, create like an alternative art space for people to come and occupy and develop and create their own work. And I guess we've used Risograph kind of as an excuse almost because it's something solid. We've used. Should I talk a bit about Risograph printing? Let's do that. <laughs> so, um, so Risograph printing is a way of printing which um, makes different color impressions on each sheet. So. Uh, it's a bit like a black and white printer when you print black and white it will only come up black so when you print in riser you have to put a different color drum in for each color so the end effect looks something similar to screen printing because the ink colors are layered on top of each other so you can get lots of medium colors and also lots of tones so uh, myself and rose have a background in illustration and it's something that we've used quite a lot and it was something that we were really interested in pursuing further and we thought having a community um, publishing press around Risograph would be a really great way of getting people um, interested in art making because it kind of detracts from the creative aspects of uh, art and writing and people can just focus on the process of creating a two-colour print and then once, they, once they've got that then we can uh, bring the other elements in. So there will be the open access um, sessions every Tuesday for people to come in and we will teach them one-to-one how to make a two-colour risograph print and that will just be a collage so that they understand the process. And then the idea is as soon as they've been inducted they'll get like a badge or a card which we need to make and, <laughs> and then they can, they can use the space for their own projects. They can come and use it as like a as an open studio basically and set up base um, every Tuesday and alongside that we'll have a series of six artist-led workshops so hopefully that that will build on the the content um, and exposure to different types, yeah, of, different types of techniques yeah. Um, and yeah different print processes but led by kind of people who are specialists in their field yeah. and so you so you're you've got the lease on this place for 18 months mm-hmm. But you were saying earlier that you have funding for six months. Mm-hmm. So uh, at what stage are you at then with now getting the funding for that extra 12 months to make we're sure you're at the stage where we need to start looking. <laughs> <laughs> um, where we've kind of got a lot of equipment, a lot of things installed, and we're trying to work on a model for the open access that's as sustainable as possible to keep us going as long as possible. Um, but yeah, we all need to start looking for various streams of funding next. Mm, but mm. for now, we're pretty confident for the first six months we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. And so then you, so you're, you're here for um, hopefully 18 months. Looking ahead to that point, what do you want to look back and say, oh yeah, look at that. That, that was exactly what we wanted to do in this place. 
We're interested in like building a library of content that has been um, produced by the local community. So it will be kind of a bit of a condition like when everyone, anyone makes a book or a zine, a publication, they donate one. And so we build up a bit of a, an idea of what people are interested in um, consuming and creating in the area. And that will be a legacy that we'll leave here when we, when we do eventually leave. Um, yeah, because this was this this was the library for so long, and it feels like it's such a vast, empty space. It'd be nice to populate it with with um, yeah, work reflecting the area. And it would be interesting to see how work made influences subsequent work that's made. Yeah, so exactly. if someone comes in and sees there's a beautiful thing that's being done in this way, I wonder whether then people start to build on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we like the idea of people being able to see each other's work. They're not necessarily from art backgrounds. Uh, being able to see each other's work, be inspired by each other's work and kind of encouraged to carry on. So we're thinking ahead also about the lifespan of this project when we've left and what we want to leave behind is like a bit of a print culture or at least that interest. One of the things we're going to be doing is holding a zine fair. So people who are using the Open Access Tuesdays to create their work, we want them to be able to sell their work and kind of encourage that kind of little print economy. So you were saying earlier that, that you don't actually have a, a background in this area. So you're all from other bits of London. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but we managed to uh, inherit a lot of community links from the previous residents, Ruth and Amy, who led the Alternative School of Economics and who were really instrumental in setting up um, Rabbits Road, uh, the space as Rabbits Road Institute. So it's a space that is dedicated to community learning, um, education and kind of uh, knowledge sharing um, with an arts-based arts practice. Um, we inherited a lot of community links from them and also from Laura Owen who is the kind of uh, organising side, the public programme organising side um, of things um, and a lot of, alongside this being our studio, a lot of community groups will use it as a space for, as a venue um, to host meetings or their groups. So we have a lot of self-facilitated ESL groups who use the space, coding clubs for kids. What's ESL, sorry? Uh, English as a second language. Ah, right, yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of groups who use it like that, sort of creative workshopping, um, and yeah, people from the community are able to act, to book it if they need to. Mm -hmm. So alongside us working here, there'll be something else going on, which is quite nice. So they'll get to come and see yeah. inside the, yeah. how your creativity works. It'll be really completely transparent, literally we're in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is nothing except maybe like a couple of these kind of movable white borders between us if we need them, yeah. And so where are you at now with Unk? Because the, <laughs> <laughs> the, ah, the nervous laughter starts. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your next issue is the food issue. Yeah, that's number six. And, how, and where, when are you expecting to have that out? Oh God, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Before DIY cultures. Before DIY yeah. cultures. But we've When's just... When's that? May. May, okay, yeah. right. So working on that, loads of great content has been coming in. It's probably been the most popular one so far. People, we've never, we haven't had to solicit content as much. Um, people have just been sending really, really great quality work, which is fantastic. So we've kind of got like this cachet of this amazing work and we haven't decided how we're going to present it yet. Uh, we're going to go through and start editing and selecting. But in the meantime, we have brought out a different publication. It's called um, A Study of Publishing Practices in Malaysia, KL, Penang and Ipo, which we're launching in February. And that is based on an international um, artist trip we did to Malaysia over the summer. Um, and we were looking at self-publishing in Malaysia and kind of print culture there and emerging print practices. And we transcribed it. We've interviewed about 12 different people and transcribed all their interviews and brought them back. Yeah. 
And you did that in collaboration as well, didn't you? We did that in collaboration with Odwa Now. It's a Malaysian-based magazine run by Hamiza Adnan and Maz Shari. Um, and they're both fantastic. And we've known them for a couple of years and have always come over to DIY cultures. Odwa Now has done really, really well. Um, and it's doing great. Um, and so we decided to partner with them on this project mm-hmm. um, and go out there and dis- yeah, discover Malaysia. <laughs> so we've got a copy of that on the shelves over here. We've mm-hmm. got the, the back issues of UMK mm-hmm. on the, the shelves over there. And that's your... Um, the library was yeah. document. So the, this this board is kind of your print output. The, yeah. Are we going to see some of the st- other stuff that's in this room? I mean, namely like two RISO machines. I presume yeah. that's going to find its way into the new issue of UNC as well. Like it feels like this is a big system that's feeding itself. We're creating an ecosystem. <laughs> We're taking back all means of production. <laughs> <laughs> that's the aim. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like a lot of our work will end up being fed into it. I hope we get to use Arizos for Inc. 6, yeah. I think for some inserts for now. Yeah. I think perfect binding a thousand copies of Impulsels would be a trial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't do that. No, no, no. We wouldn't, um, yeah. But um, for so, like, some inserts and some projects that will probably be within the issue, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's what, that's what this space is essentially will enable us to do it will it's going to be a headquarters for the magazine it will mean that we're able to um, commission more work like individual publications and become publishers and um, and also take on more commercial work to try and fund what we're doing and try and make a sustainable model that's not so reliant on external funding uh, it, it's it feels really experimental we don't really know how it's going to work we feel like it's such an interesting time for art schools it's such an interesting time for um, government funding <laughs> well interesting <laughs> is one way to put devastating but so and the the kind of project we're doing we we don't have that many examples of things that are similar that we can follow very closely so um, a lot of it is just going to be figuring it out as we're going along. Just a DIY ethos. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it when you just say, this needs to happen. We're not quite sure how, but we're going to make it happen and we'll figure it out along the way. Yeah. Um, I was also attracted to your manifesto on the wall over there, because I love a good manifesto. <laughs> and at the top of it, you have the quote from John LaRose, publishing is a vehicle to an independent validation to one's own culture, history, politics, and sense of self. Mm. And that... I can see how that just ties up everything you've just been talking about. Yeah, we were really inspired, well, me especially was inspired by John and Rose because I worked at the George Padmore Institute, which is the archives of New Beacon Books. It was the first, one of the first, or the first radical black publishing house in the UK. And John LaRose was a Trinidadian trade unionist who came over to the UK and brought with him this like real passion to self-publish and distribute and create an entire ecosystem which was independent of... Um, bigger um, English publishers um, which were colonial based essentially all the books in the colonies came from England and none were produced in the colonies independently Um, and so he did that he set up his own bookshop he set up his own distribution system um, book fairs everything Um, so I've been really inspired by that I mean, getting printers is just like part of <laughs> part of that kind of uh, journey, I think. Well, because I mean, the the very obvious difference between now and when he was writing that is mm. the internet. Yeah. So you know, we, we're now anybody anywhere in the world knows, or virtually anywhere in the world knows, that they can publish their thoughts and ideas to a wider audience. And mm. yet here you are, 
with these machines that are fiddly to use and <laughs> binding a thousand copies of anything off them. Is it, so like, what is it that attracts you to this? I think it's about the actual process of art making which um, attracts us to it. I know that there is so much more content online but are we consuming it or producing it? And, and for the type of people and for ourselves we want to open up the channel where we are actually producing that content. I mean, we envisage a lot of the content produced in the press to be online in some form or another. Um, and it's not, we're not against that. But we also recognise that it's nice to have spaces that um, are detached from that and uh, enable unpredictable exchange. Just, just being in a space where you don't know who else is going to be there on a Tuesday just being able to build an actual community around that. It's, it's not really something you can replicate online. Um, so we definitely see it as, as that art making that we're, that we're focused on. And particularly in terms of a physical community, the smallness then becomes a massive benefit because the, just by dint of the fact that you can bring people in who mm. maybe live a few doors away from each other but have never actually spoken to each other mm. or that, you can see massive value in something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, for, for us, in terms of what we leave, for me, a lot of it is to do with people self-organising in the space and just using it as, a, as an opportunity to make their own art groups, which will go in any direction, um, which, is, which is what we're going to try and do. As soon as it starts off, we're going to try and identify people who are really keen and be like, you know what, you should start... On Open Tuesdays, you should say there's a Rise Up Club at 5 p.m. So everybody who's interested in being part of a of a print community mm. um, can kind of latch onto that, and then they can use the space for exhibitions and things like that. So it it really is trying to emulate a more democratic art school culture. Well, it's very exciting, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where you go with it. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. I really hope that they managed to figure that funding out. I just think it'd be such a shame if this had to stop after like six months when they've got the space for 18 months. Um, I think that it's interesting to see all of this in response to the, the wider uh, cuts and, and difficulties that we're seeing in arts at the moment. But then I guess that's part of why it's so important that they're doing what they're doing. This podcast also, it should be said, is going out on the, the weekend where uh, people in cities all around the world are, are marching uh, for women's rights. And I think that, again, it's interesting to see this very small community-based project in the context of that, that much wider global movement. Um, if you're interested in uh, finding out more about the Rabbits Road Press, you can find them at rabbitsroad.press. Um, so all the stuff that they're doing for the community is is free and people can just drop in. But also if you're uh, going to be from a bigger group, then you can book uh, a place and, and go and, and take part in the, the activities that they have down there. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you are interested, you can find more on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for Stack Magazines. Basically, wherever you get your podcasts from, we should be there. And of course, give us a follow while you're there so that next week's episode is delivered straight to your phone. Okay, thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week.